on this episode of Why Watch That. This reminds me of maybe something that would be on Apple TV Plus in, um, you know, a second offering, although it was a little violent at times. I mean, it, when you said mortal danger, I mean, mm-hmm. when the when the danger came, it wasn't like slapstick kind of like, oh, I'm getting away. Like there was a scene, particularly with Enola and a certain person. He was kicking the snot out of that poor little girl. Um, <laughs> I can't tell you much about Baltimore, but I hear that you can. (laughs) Yeah, I'm from Baltimore. Uh Oh, 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 there starts to be certain strange behaviors coming from the kids, locking her in the closet. She sees something in the, the mirror. Is it all in her head? Are they pranking her? Is there something more insidious? Do they not know? Are they completely innocent? What about the rest of the staff? So over the course of this time, she's gonna spend presumably teaching them Is she going to be driven out of her mind? Why Watch That as a podcast featuring the critic and referee who go head-to-head on a quest to discover the best movies and TV shows Hollywood has to offer. Expect the unexpected from the critic. While nothing gets past the ref. We do all the work. So you don't have to. Welcome Welcome to to Why Watch Watch That. This episode of Why Watch That is supported by Entrepreneur Meal Plan. It helps leaders and professionals feed their bodies and businesses well. You know, Critic, I got Mm. a chance to attend a wonderful event by EMP here Uh in Los Angeles. And it was so amazing because Brandy Cochran was able to gather people from all sorts of walks of life. We were able to gather together, have real talk, and some real good food too. Mm -hmm. It was a hit. It's food for the soul and the body, which is so hard to find. So if you want to learn more about Entrepreneur Meal Plan, whether you're an entrepreneur or not, go to entrepreneurmealplan.com. A Why Watch That First Look. All right, we've got a first look, a sneak peek, and a TV sneak peek. What? Mm. We're just sneaking and looking. Looking and sneaking <laughs> is what we're doing. That Let's start illegal. with um, it looking and sneaking or sneaking and looking. <laughs> <laughs> I think looking and sneaking is legal, but sneaking and looking is yes. illegal. One's a moral <laughs> issue, one's a legal issue. So <laughs> that's that's what we're doing here at Why I Watch That. But of course, we're talking about TV and movies because, you know, we ain't going to be sneaking and looking and looking and sneaking at anything. Um, first, let's deal with Netflix's new movie, new Sherlock Holmes stab mm-hmm. attempt trial. I don't, I, there's so many. Enola Holmes. Now, who is that? You may think to yourself. Well, that is the name of this movie. It is coming to us from Henry Bradbeer. Or sorry, Harry Bradbeer. It uh, is written by Jack Thorne. I don't know the Thorne, the Thorne people. I just Jack Thorne to have the last name Thorne is just lovely. You need to be writing period pieces. I, I, that's my opinion. And it's based on a book by Nancy Springer, and it stars Millie Bobby Brown playing the titular character, as you say, along with Henry Cavill playing Sherlock Holmes. Huh? I didn't know Mm. Sherlock was so buff. 
Um, I didn't. It just was very strange to look at. You've got Sam Kathlin playing Mycroft mm. and Helen Bottom Carter playing her mother, Mrs. Holmes, Mama Holmes. <laughs> along along with um, Louis Patridge, who um, is sneaking up on us with a number of other people, very, very well-known British actors. You will know them for sure, 100%. Yeah. Some of this. Fiona Shaw showing up. I mean, come on. Mm. Uh, Paul, C- okay, yeah, I, I can go on and on. Now, we both got a chance to see this, and um, this is a first look, so it's out. No need for you to sneak and peek. Um, you can take a look at it on Netflix. Um, the question is, who is this for? That's mm. the first thing. Because also on Netflix is the entire um, PBS's Masterpieces uh, Sherlock is on there. So, Fiona Shaw, who is this for? And is it worthy to be compared to all of the other types of Sherlock installments we've seen recently? Mm-hmm. Namely, obviously, the TV show with Benedict Cumberbatch, along with, um, you know, Sherlock Holmes, the trilogy. We'll see the third installment hopefully soon um, from Guy Ritchie. Yeah, and elementary. Starring uh, Robert Downey Jr. And, mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, they very good. And element, Elementary, that was a TV show um, with, uh, you know, yeah, Johnny Lewis Miller. And I forget the... Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So we've got that. We've got that happening. Where is Fiona's placement here? Yeah. Or Enola. In the- not Fiona. Enola. <laughs> where does Fiona Shaw fit in with all of this? No, no, no. Where does Enola Holmes fit in with all of that contemporary offering? Enola does not. Enola is its own thing. Let's just get that out of the way. So if you're expecting yeah. any of those other things, no. Um, Enola is a teenager. So you've got to consider that. She is the youngest sister of, of Sherlock and Mycroft Holmes. Um, like you said, mom is there, not dad in this movie. So mom and you you said, you know, played by Helena Bonham Carter. Yes. <laughs> played by Helena Bonham Carter. So mom is her own woman at this time. She has her own agency and she has a secret mission to do something. She will not let Enola know what that is. So what happens is mom goes missing. Poof, gone. And this means that Mycroft has to take care of Enola. What does that mean? Now, mom has been educating Enola in her own way. Mycroft is like, no, you need to go to a boarding school. You need to be educated properly and become a lady. That's how we do it, okay? I am Mycroft Holmes. Thank you very much. Sherlock is there and is like, "Mm, well, you know, it's kind of Mycroft's business. He's in his own head thinking about cases and so on and so forth. In particular, the case of his own mother. Where did she go? Now, Enola, being a Holmes, wants to find that out herself. And Enola, being a Holmes, does not want to be told what to do. She does not want to go to boarding school. So what do you think she does? Now, as a consequence of Mm. this action, she meets a young man who is someone very important. I won't even give that away. She meets him in very interesting circumstances. And this connects her to another case, okay? So there's something going on where this young man is in mortal danger. From whom? Why? Now, the family he comes from is very important. I'll put it that way. And there is something in the government that's about to happen, a law that might come to pass 
that will turn all of England into a different direction. Now, the thing is, who's going to catch up to Enola? Who's she going to catch up to? Who's going to solve these different mysteries, let's say? Will it be Sherlock? Will it be Enola? Will it be both? Will it be neither? Mycroft is the one who does none of this stuff. What's his role to play? And so on and so forth. So what I would say watching this ref is, I was mildly entertained by it. That's what I would say. Mm. Is it some serious sort of mystery where you're going, ooh, let me really get into it like a Sherlock Holmes, like we're typically used to, where you're like, ooh, let me try to figure this out. What are these clues? It's not that. It is not that. It's really more about Enola coming of age, us figuring out who she is, how does she fit into this family, us seeing some interesting, I don't even know if good for all of them, but interesting performances by everybody. Millie, Henry, Sam Claflin, who, by the way, if you don't know Sam by name, he is the main villain in Peaky Blinders, the main one, okay? Mm. So seeing him here, I was like, oh yeah, uh uh-huh. And then Helena does Helena, she does it. Fiona does Fiona. You'll see who she plays. So it was more fun watching them kind of have fun. My question, though, and then, Ref, if you have, of course, some things to add, you can. My question, like you said, Henry Cavill playing Thank Sherlock. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> Henry Cavill playing Sherlock was strange. Mm-hmm. It was strange. I will very. say that. It was very flat. And it, it wasn't flat in a way where I was interested in what he was thinking. It just seemed like he was distant in a Mr. Darcy way that wasn't pulling me in all the way. But there you go. I mean, it's on Netflix. It's an easy watch, I would call it. Um, it's a light, light, light version of what we expect from anything that comes with the name Sherlock. This reminds me of maybe something that would be on Apple TV Plus in um, you know, a second offering to... Or even Disney, although it was a little violent at times. I mean, they, when you said mortal danger, I mean, mm-hmm. when the when the danger came, it wasn't like slapstick kind of like, oh, I'm getting away. Like there was a scene, particularly with Enola and a certain person where, you know, yeah, things could have went wrong really fast. And he was kicking the snot out of that poor little girl. Um <laughs> That, that that Emily Dickinson um, sp- movie, I, I feel like this is, you know, if you want to just, if you're a teen girl and you love, you know, Millie, you know, Bobby Brown and you're just, you know, she's amazing and I love her. This is definitely for you. Um, I particularly am, I wasn't um, entertained as much as maybe you're alluding to for you. For me, if you're going to evoke the name Holmes and you have Sherlock in it, then we have to know why he's great and wonderful. And literally, I do not know why they cast Henry Cavill. I don't know why. I, I don't know why there was nothing special. It wasn't written in a special way. It, this was really a Mycroft Enola storyline. Literally, Sherlock is nothing to me in this other than, I mean, literally they could have written him not even being in it and just sort of having him come at the end and give the information that he does at the end about a particular situation. Mm-hmm. And that would have been, and have Henry do it and and, and done it in. But he's kind of just floundering a little bit. Um, yeah. I I didn't really enjoy his performance. Um, I, I, I would rather, I didn't know why Sherlock was buff. You know, it, it was just, it was just a very confusing deal well, because what he has I will to play, say, you know superman and other things 
Well, but why then to hire someone else, you know, no offense to Henry Cavill. I just think it was underwritten. It really was a Mycroft in Nola storyline. Mm-hmm. Um, the sub storyline, the sub plot of the mother. Well, I guess it is the main plot. The, the mother disappearing. Her reasons for leaving was a little confusing. So at the end of the day, when you watch Enola Holmes, this is really about feminal, uh, um, feminine discovery, empowerment, um, knowing who you are as a woman. They're really pushing that message a lot. And when I say pushing, they really do. But I will say this, Millie Bobby Brown, breaking that fourth wall was always it is the most entertaining part of the movie for me is her sort of pausing in the middle of chaos, mm-hmm. basically breaking the fourth wall and then going back to her little um, mystery solving. So <laughs> I was, I was ma about it to me. If you watch it, fine, whatever. Um, will your teenage daughter like it? If she's a fan of Millie Bobby Brown? Yeah, she will. Yeah. She'll and I think, you know, I think they could have just switched the actors for the Holmes brothers and it would have been Yes. A hundred percent. A why watch that sneak peek. Well, let's move on to something you got to see, actually. This is Charm City Kings, which, you know, HBO Max, they're really I mean, when I tell you they're putting them out, they're putting them out. You got a chance to give us your first thoughts at the for the Urban World Film Festival. So if you haven't, if you just want the gut reaction from the critic, just right off the hip, you can take a listen to that. But it's time to settle the score. Oh. And see where this all fits in. This was an offering also at Sundance as well. Like I said, Urban World premiered. It's, it's directed by um, Angel Manuel Soto, and it's written by Sherman Payne. But the story comes to us from Christopher Boyd, Kirk Sullivan, and Barry Jenkins. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, you've got some pretty famous, you know, producers and things and stuff on this. Um, I can't tell you much about Baltimore, but I hear that you can. <laughs> yeah, I'm from Baltimore. So, oh, 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 wow. Um, so look, they filmed in Baltimore, you know, it, so they did that. Um, so we've seen this before The Wire, The Corner, things like that. Uh, Barry Levinson's work, uh, showing Baltimore. So this is another part of that, uh, canon. And this uh, movie, by the way, is based on a documentary called 12 O'Clock Boys, which is about, um, you know, dirt bike groups. And what they do. So if you want to see the rawness of it, you can certainly watch that, which was directed by Lofty Nathan. Um, Now we have this uh, being fictionalized. And uh, at the center of this movie is a character whose name, nickname is Mouse. So you'll see why he got the name Mouse in the movie, because a character says, where'd you get that name from? And he tells this person. And uh, Mouse is played by Jahi Diallo Winston. And Mouse has a younger sister and he lives with his mother uh, and of course his younger sister and his mother is in training to be a nurse so she leaves him in con- you know in in control of his younger sister to look after his younger sister but mouse is a young teenager he's like 13 and you know what they want to do summer is here it's time to go outside with my friends 
So what's the dynamic when he wants to leave and his younger sister is there? She might tell him to pay up to keep her mouth shut. Now, he goes out, he has two friends and they really wanna be on dirt bikes. They wanna have their own. Now, of course it costs a lot of money to do this. And there's one main dirt bike group in the area that they wanna join. Now, Mouse had an older brother who is dead at the start of the movie. How did he die? You'll find out. But he was in that dirt bike group. Did he die because of that? Did he die because of a different reason? And another thing is Mouse has a mentor who's a cop, played by Will Catlett, Detective Rivers. What's that relationship? How did it come to be? Because it seems that Mouse doesn't want to hear anything the detective has to say. Mouse insists on sitting at the back of the detective's car. He don't want to sit in the front with him. Okay. Now, as things move through in this movie, we see that Mouse has this scheme to get something like a dirt bike to do some things. Because at the start of the summer, there is this major event where everybody with dirt bikes comes out, goes through the streets and wants to do their tricks. And the 12 o'clock boys name that documentary it's based on, the 12 o'clock move is you're on one wheel, you go all the way up 12 o'clock with the other wheel. Can he do this? This doesn't sound safe. So we see what happens because of that. And across the movie, he does connect with this dirt bike group. Do they want him? Do they want his friends? Are they interested? And an adjunct to this group, a former member, or is he still a member, is played by Meek Mill. Yeah. And his name is Blacks. Now, Meek Mill's character, he is a mechanic. He works on all of these bikes and he has a lot of cachet. He's, got, he's gotten out of prison. He's now on parole. He wants to be on the up and up. And he becomes another mentor to Mouse. What is he advising him to do? And what is his connection with Mouse's deceased older brother? That's the question. So in the end, what's gonna happen here? Because this dirt bike group isn't just up to being on dirt bikes. They're doing other things that aren't legal. So for Mouse and his friends, if they get wrapped up into all of this, What's gonna be the outcome? Will it be a tragic one? And if it is, what will be the lessons learned? Now, for the review. There is a lot to like here. Uh, I think that the filming was pretty good of this. It is always nice to see authentic cities if you're gonna set them there. So we see Baltimore, like this is Baltimore, uh, a particular part of it. Like it's very clear that we have that feel of the city here. So that was nice to see. I think that the performances were pretty good throughout. Meek Mill, I will tell you, is not an actor. He is not, but I did appreciate what he was trying to do. I did understand the casting of him. There were moments when I went, mm, you could have picked that line up a bit, but it was fine. It's kind of like an Eminem thing where they have the instinct to not do too much in front of the camera, which is always better than doing too much. As long as there's something going on in your head. So that's the kind of performance he gives. I think Jahi in the central role does a wonderful job. Will as the detective, great. Jahi's mother is played by Deanna, Tiana Paris. She has a major scene where she has to let it go and she lets it go. But this is Tiana, she knows what she's doing. She's an actor. So the friends of Jahi's uh, character, they do well. I think really just the casting was pretty good here. My problem is the balance and I mentioned this when we talked about it after Urban World uh, Ref, the balance of the storytelling. There was too much on the, the wonders of being on the bike 
and not enough when it shifts to this criminal kind of thing. Like that shift didn't really work. There wasn't enough time de uh, devoted to developing that. There is also this other storyline where Mouse meets a, a, a girl who's come to the area from California, that kind of thing. It was interesting. That showed us something about him at his core. And then the way they disposed of that relationship was abrupt. So it was just an editing pacing balance issue that holds this back. I think that it makes sense that this is going on HBO Max. So if you're interested in this, I would say definitely check it out. If you're a Wire fan, The Corner, like I mentioned before, that kind of stuff, it's not exactly like that. There, The grit here has more of a polish. There's more of, of, a, of a, a bit of artistry to it. Um, so they're not trying to give you that kind of verisimilitude not as much. It's there, but there's more, there's a, a, a more even hand, a more smoother take from it uh, in the hands of, of Angel as the director. So that's what I would say about Charm City Kings. It's a mixed bag. Overall, I think it was pretty good. Well, there you have it. Now, we have premiering on Netflix, returning to Netflix, shall I say, The Haunting Anthology. Woo! <laughs> First, we had The Haunting of Hill House. Now we have the haunting of Bly Manor. Oh. oh, this comes to us from Mike Flanagan. And again, Mike Flanagan is um, also, he's the showrunner, writer, and director of the of this first episode in what they're calling season two. Now, we have some cast members returning from season one. But again, we know this is an anthology, so... Some people return, some people don't in very different capacities. This was based on, um, you know, some familiar things, shall we say? Um, so, some familiar work from a very familiar person. And, uh, you know, the question is are we going to be grabbing our covers at night and pulling them over the head? <laughs> that is the question, isn't it? Um, so, here's what's going on. There are two kids in England, and uh, this is a period piece, whose parents have died. They are now in the care of their uncle, who's played by Henry Thomas. The uncle doesn't really want anything to do with them. So they're at this mansion, and they're surrounded by adults. Um, a cook, who also does the driving, just the, the regular uh, person who takes care of the house, and then the groundskeeper. So they need a governess type person to come in. Well, that's who the uncle hires because the son was away at boarding school, but it didn't last. He's back at home. Why? How did that play out? So this new governess comes in, sees this dramatic, almost castle-like mansion and is enthralled. The kids seem to be kind of nice. The rest of the, the staff there, they're welcoming. Okay, but she starts to see people that they don't see. And there starts to be certain strange behaviors coming from the kids, locking her in the closet. She sees something in the, the mirror. Is it all in her head? What's happening? Are the kids in on it? Are they pranking her? Is there something more insidious? Do they not know? Are they completely innocent? What about the rest of the staff? So over the course of this time, she's gonna spend presumably teaching them is she going to be driven out of her mind? And what happened to the previous governess? What was going on there? 
are these people holding back something from her that they could tell her to help her out, to tell her to get out of there? That's the question. Now, this is based on The Turn of the Screw by Henry James. We did, Rev, have a movie, um, The Turning, that came out earlier this year. Same thing. Now, I reviewed The Turning, and I didn't like it. It was terrible. Okay, let's just be honest. But what about The Haunting of Bly Manor? Now, the first uh, season of this anthology, Haunting of Hill House, I just couldn't finish because for me, it's hard to scare me that long. Like scare me over the course of 10 or nine episodes or however many, mm, not gonna happen. Like you'd really have to be going for it and varying it. So that didn't happen for me in the first season. The second season, same kind of thing. However, I will say that I like the beginning of it better than the first season. Um, I could tell that they were doing some thinking here. If you're interested in what are their kids really up to? What about the staff? If you're willing to go with them and wait for this to drag out, in particular, if you don't know this story, I think it'll probably work. I know the beats. I know where they're going pretty much. I know they're going to do some tweaks to that. So it just didn't hold my interest. But I think the way that they put it together was good. I liked the casting of it. I thought that was good. I liked the look of it. I thought that was good as well. So if you are a horror TV person, especially supernatural and period piece kind of horror, an old school kind of look at it, creaking doors, being lost, seeing things, being shut in, getting gaslighted, then this might be the season for you. Well, there you have it. Those are three very different offerings. Two of them coming us coming to us from Netflix, one of them coming to us from HBO Max. Certainly, there's something for you to watch. Thanks for listening. For additional resources, visit whywatchthat.com. Good idea. And we'd love to hear from you. So go ahead and leave comments, feedback, and you can rate us on iTunes. We'll see you next week. See you.